Ladies of the turning table. 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 Ladies of the turning tables. Ladies of the turning table. Ladies of the turning table. Ladies of the turning table. Ladies of the turning tables. In the first episode of 2023, I meet with DJ Caitlin. She calls herself a COVID DJ, but don't get mistaken by the skills and drive of this Bostonian turntablist. Part jujitsu fighter, part defender of the art of DJing, and part actor. She will inspire you with our unique take in creating music. You can follow her on Instagram to keep up with her amazing adventures. I uh, would like to thank all the listeners from all over the world. Uh, I see you. It means a lot to me. And thanks also to the best queer radio in Brussels for hosting us. Happy anniversary to Radio Vacam. Enjoy the show, folks. Hello, DJ Caitlin. How are you? I am good. How are you? Thank you, I'm fine. <laughs> First podcast of the year um, of the Ladies of the Turning Tables. And uh, I'm super happy to have you because you're quite far away from Brussels. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. In a few words, could you present yourself? Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm out of Boston. And um, I like to call myself a COVID DJ because this was a quarantine hobby that took off. I was just mixing records and stuff and doing private events. And then everybody was on lockdown, got into turntablism and then COVID city opened up and now I'm now I'm here. And um, yeah, so I'm like a very new to this, but also very happy to be here. It's been a very, very interesting journey for my DJ career. So, so it's been more than two, three years that you've been DJing, right? Uh, I actually was just looking at my Instagram stories, like archives, a couple of days ago, and it was like, well, my first gig ever was New Year's 2020, like on my own, like in the in a bar setting, um, and then yeah, it, so I would say yeah, I've been in it for a little over three years, but I really haven't had I don't I don't know pre-COVID life, and even when I was DJing, like I heard people talking about like. COVID like it, like before it was happening so I always I never had any pre-COVID DJing life at all uh, but yeah three years yeah coming up very soon nice yeah, yeah St. Patty's Day that's that's when I like to say I really started because that's when I like posted like my first like Instagram video that wasn't that was like the start of it all nice so yeah. you, you started on St. Patrick <laughs> that's cool <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> so uh you're from Boston right yeah can yes. You tell me that maybe uh, how's the scene there? If there is one, and if yes, how do you cope with everything? Um, and are you mean a DJ scene? Like a, yeah. Um, there is a actually very very talented DJ scene. I think this city is really really slept on because I was very fortunate to like meet a group of friends at the start of quarantine who were into scratching and wordplay and tone play and not just like. Uh, like USB DJs, um, like they were actually like into real DJing and like their heroes were like Craze and Four Colors Act. And um, yeah, so I'd say this scene is very not like big, like people don't want to like, it's not like New York or Philly, but there is definitely like a small group of people who are like niche market who are like into that stuff. There's also like 
clubs, bottle service clubs where people bring USB sticks and play record box and like in and out like that. That's also a thing. But like, really, there's actually a, a city. A, yeah, the city cares. There, there are a few people, a group of people who care about like the fundamentals and the basics of like, or like the, the old, the old school, not really old school, but just like, yeah, turntablism stuff and just real DJing. That's um, yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's 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 super important because I'd say I especially like in this day and age with like stems becoming all the rage and like technology becoming more of a thing. Like, it's really important for people to be able to just hear a good DJ. And I don't want people to like become desensitized to what sounds bad. Like people always say like, oh, it doesn't matter if you like don't mix and key because the audience doesn't care. And like with stems, it's gonna get even worse because like right now, yeah, sure they don't care. They can't put a finger on why it sounds bad, but the right DJ will use it right and they will sound good and it'll sound like it'll it'll be miles better than like what um a dj who doesn't know how to use it will sound like but if everybody is using it and everybody's bad and djing becomes like a really commercialized fad then like it, it it's like it's like over they're gonna have like ai djs in like decades like i i think that's that's where it'll go if everybody if it becomes more and more technology based and people don't care about this stuff then like people will just like yeah, why even hire one? I don't know. That's just my prediction. No, but you're you're so right. I mean, uh, frankly, there is already a lot of bars that are using uh, some streaming services instead of DJs, and they found it really nice and cheaper, of course. So, and people don't seem to mind. But uh, in my opinion, I mean, I share a, a lot of what you say. First, skills are really important and you, you need to know your basics and uh, how to be in times, in key. And um, yeah, I mean, how, how to mix properly. And on top of that, if you have uh, some technical skills, such as scratching, even basics, you can be so much creative and and sounds really, really, really better than an AI or just a Spotify playlist for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's funny, like I, when every time I like start working at a new place, like the every bartender will like, there will usually be a bartender who will come up to me and be like, yo, you were like so good. These other DJs, they've just been like, not it. Like, but you came in here and your song was like, every song was like a banger. You made us so much more money too. And like, what that really translates to is you are mixing creatively you are reading the room properly and you are being cognizant of like people not just staying on the dance floor and you're trying to get them drinks. Yeah, you can't really do that with like computer or like somebody who like doesn't really like care about it anymore. And if you're like really jaded and you've been in it for a while, like you'll like probably just like probably won't care about that stuff. Like I will I will say I do have like some like colleagues who will like play songs out and they will i'll hear like like i remember one time i was at a bar that i work at now and i was sitting with another dj friend and we were sorting music and we heard like the outro the intro of return to the mac but the whole song and then the outro started playing and then he started mixing in another song and i was like i've never heard the song play that far ever like ever <laughs> then he did like the and then like he like mixed two, or he mixed out Dancing Queen. Like we were like nitpicking the DJ, but on it was clear that he was just track to track, go to sh go to work, get the shift done. Been in it a little bit too long, 
and like train wrecking transitions the managers will be like well he gets he keeps the crowd full he plays the right songs like it's it's fine but then like that just makes me think like but this was like before i like really got in there i was like imagine what they will see when somebody like goes in there and actually like goes hard and like really reads the room and like feeds off the energy of the crowd and like yeah that's it just really it really makes a difference when you like are yeah the human part of DJing really really does make a difference and I don't think a computer or like AI could ever replicate that but like yeah it's a crazy world we live in like we have a DJ duo made up of NFTs that are from Boston like you know those apes that people buy they're like the prices of Rolex it's fucking stupid freaking stupid they're called escape plan and this company that i used to work for yeah they bought nfts and they basically have a five minute loop of the monkeys like doing their putting their hands up and then a 45 minute pre-recorded set that they and then they just have the monkeys just on the video screen and they sell out a 2000 person venue because they're nfts or whatever but yeah that when i say the city has a very good turntable scene it really does but it also has like so much of like that like commercialized like only in it to make money stuff and i get it everybody's in it to make money but like i feel like boxing matches are there for the spectacle but like people who go to like ufc fights are there for like the love of like the sport more so than like going to like a logan paul floyd mayweather boxing match or like a thriller fight like an exhibition like it's not love for the art love for the spectacle two different things yeah, and you, you again, you the skills, skills, yeah, dedication, the, the amount of training people get into. I mean, you just have a, a, a really good example about a UFC championship and a regular boxing match, more for the show and uh, with celebrities, and then you, you have the the, the athletes that are really working day to day on their skills, how to. To, to be in a battle with someone and it's something so different from for DJing like just playing songs one after another and then okay this is a good song like uh, I, I play a disco hit and then uh, maybe a bit of uh, I don't know <laughs> of uh, uh, 80s rock and then poof let's go and oh okay people drink wow super but yeah they really yeah. enjoy and it's more for me like you know, like you, you go to a bar and you just have to spend the time with your friends and you just chit chat and that's it. And that's the difference with another DJ. You get to see these people or you go to that venue to to dance, to really enjoy yourself, to spend a moment with music and and really live it. And so yeah. you know, yeah. just consuming it on the background, like uh, like you put a TV show or a movie, but you just do something else at the same time. So that's two different things for me. Yeah. That's why I'm so happy with like my main residency bar that I play at. I basically play like right across the street from Fenway Park and there are concerts at Fenway Park. There's Red Sox games at Fenway Park. There's a house of blues on the same street. There's a new music venue, like a 5,000 person music venue called MGM Music Hall. And then, um, then we'll have just like uh, college kids and there's no spot where you can organically get like different vibes like every like week just because of like the rotating crowds but also like that uh that street is like there's uh live bands in the two bars that i play at, and it's like you get into one bar you can go back and forth between the bars and there are two bands and you play in between the breaks so 
one band goes from 9.15 to 10.15, 10.15 to 10.30, you play there, and then you go to the other room. And it's really cool because in between, you have to really think about, like, at least for me, because I don't want to be a jerk, I think about what songs the bands can really pull off and what songs they absolutely have no chance of pulling off, like, whatsoever. So, like, an overplayed band song, Mr. Brightside, DJs play that all the time. I don't know if it's the same in Europe, but, like, Mr. Brightside, it's a very overplayed 12.30, play Mr. Brightside, if you're predictable and you're, like, yeah. Mr. Brightside, overplayed bar song for both bands and DJs. So you probably wouldn't play that. Actually, you wouldn't play that. Otherwise, yeah, the band will be playing it twice. And, like, I really, really have enjoyed playing at um, this bar. It's called Lansdowne Pub and Bill's Bar, those two bars, um, because... Yeah, you have to, it's forcing me to think outside the box musically, and I can't just do the same set over and over and over again and do Mr. Brightside at 1230, Edwards in Paris at 1 o'clock. Like, I can't, like, keep the same, like, I have to, I have to break out of it, be, it to be nice to the bands, but also, like, to keep my crates, like, actually fresh, because, like, I've been self-conscious about, like, doing exactly the same set ever since, like, staying there. And then we have Go-Go Dancers as well, Ooh. which is really cool because like um they for some reason a full crowd of people won't force me to be like oh shoot i should really try to like mix well and like be on my game but if there are two girls who have to be dancing to my music for 15 minutes i'm gonna be like oh wow i really really have to be playing well because they're working too and like if i'm playing like oh, this is one of the things that annoy me about like a lot of DJs at the other bars who like also have the DJs with go-go dancers, they don't think about like the fact that they're actually like dancing to the music. So like you could play Mr. Brightside or you could play like twerk music or like something with like an actual like hip hop beat or, or like something that you can flow to more. And like these girls make it work for whatever these DJs decide to play. But like when they come on stage, like it forces me to, or not forces me, I actually really enjoy like playing not only like more hip-hop twerk set uh, heavy sets but also like i've noticing looking back now like when the go-go dancers come on stage i play like mostly female music and i didn't realize that until like like recently when i was just examining my last set say i, I was playing like oh yeah i remember the moment i was playing fishing fisher losing it and then i saw them walk on stage and i was like oh my god they're here and then i switched to doja cat megan the stallion like more Nicki minaj like female like I yeah like female hip hop which is much easier to dance to than like I don't know basic build and drop big room EDM stuff and that's that's a whole different art form but like Mr like Mr Brightside yeah it's like much easier to dance to hip hop than it is to Mr Brightside mm-hmm. but those girls make it work regardless they're like freaking troopers but yeah I'm just really really happy with where I am right now like the live music and the DJing and in between bands, it really does just like keep my creativity alive in a way that it's like different than other jobs where you just walk in and out, play for the crowd that you see like all the time. And then Boston, yeah, long story short, if you come to Boston, visit Fenway. Great, great area. Yeah, that's it. It, it sounds really interesting. And, uh, and I agree with you when you say uh, it keeps you, you fresh on your practice of DJing because indeed, when you are between live bands and you have dancers so you always have to to navigate between the the styles and uh what the vibe they are giving up so you cannot indeed make a, a pre made set i suppose that you have already a few songs that you already picked up before but then you are 
you really have to be like um, really aware of what's going on in the in the in the room and the mood of the people. Do, do they want to rest a bit after the band, or do they want to, I don't know, to move and to to get around on the dance floor? Or it's it's yeah, it's it's quite a challenge actually. It's it's really good. So uh, and how did you land the gig? Did you just went to the bar and say like, hey, I'm a DJ, I want to play there, or? Uh, no. So, um, my, so I also do jujitsu. And so my, one of the people who goes to my jujitsu school, he was, he's the manager of that, of Lansdowne pub. And one night they had a band cancel last minute and I live like 10 minutes away. So he hit me up and he had me bring my stuff and I played it. I crushed it. I got the entertainment director's phone number and we went from there nice. and now like, and yeah, it was like a great summer because like I remember like in the span of like six weeks, I was I played. I asked to do Bad Bunny, uh, Bruno Mars, Aerosmith, Jack Harlow, and like those four different vibes are like completely their own thing, but also each like enjoyable. Like in there, like I had the best Latin set, the Bad Bunny night. I had such a great like 2000s hip hop and like new hip hop set with like the Jack Harlow night and Aerosmith and Bruno Mars. I got to play like old school rock and funk and they had never seen a girl DJ before. So I made like $120 on those nights because it was like a bunch of 50 year olds and stuff. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great spot. So if anybody's trying to come into Boston and they're um, in, yeah, all, all year really, like it doesn't matter if it's like Red Sox season or not or concert season like it's just it's a good it's a good time regardless and that's yeah that's my main residency right now to, to be honest i have no clue uh about uh, boston's uh, nightlife and uh, music scene so uh i'm really happy to to have you uh, tell us that because uh, it's really really nice so we have uh, more intel if we yeah. want to, to travel and uh, <laughs> we have more more place to go so uh you, you're you're saying um that uh, you, you get a lot of inspiration about the and creativity about your, your gigs. But do you have, let's say, a main source of inspiration or who inspires you or what to always try to uh, go further than the previous step? I definitely, whenever I meet somebody who like makes me a better DJ, I like keep them in my how do, I, how do I explain this a little backstory and I've definitely grown out of this a little bit but um I had an old DJ mentor who we he didn't really like believe in me so to speak like said like I I'd like to see you hold a job and like didn't think that I'd like be able to make it blah blah, blah. and like that when we had that falling out that kind of like fueled me to be like I'm gonna be the biggest DJ in Boston and then he's gonna respect me which is really not a good source of motivation to be like trying to like further your career but um that's definitely what drove me to like work so hard a little bit or at least was like a root part of it well yeah ba back in quarantine like when I like so I actually had like a crazy month before lockdown actually happened there um the company that I used to work for one of their clubs had industry nights on Wednesdays and they brought out in the span of one month I saw Z Trip, Craze, A Track and then I like randomly met Grandmaster Flash like because I went to Berkeley and he walked into my classroom and so that was kind of just like me having like a turntable is I basically those were the last people I saw before lockdown so a track craze 
Z Trip, those were like really like big three like videos that I was watching um, at the start of quarantine. And I think I remember a track, an a track video from a random a track Nam video was like the first tone play I saw. And I remember I like watched him go from like Zombie Nation into or like Kerncraft into In My Feelings by Drake. And I was like, oh my God, wait, I need to go try that. And I went and tried it and recreated it. And then I was like, okay, wait, let me see if I can come up with my own. And then I like found this like hip hop song with like steel drums at the start of it. And then I just picked out the notes, put it on the piano or pretended it was like a piano and then posted that video and then stuff went from there. Um, so I'd say, yeah, long story short, a track is a big inspiration for me. Craze is also another big one for me. Uh, anytime I hear a song and I'm in a creative mood, I will take that, write it in my notes section and film it on Instagram later. The inspiration for me comes from like people who have like really, really good music taste. And good is a very interesting word. I would say like music taste that makes me get better at work so to speak so like i like being around i like going to the gym a lot because you hear a lot of like songs like basic hip-hop songs that i know that, that that you know that they like um and like i'll get a lot of like songs that i forgot about like from the gym and i'll like have ideas that i like will go and create online after hearing them at the gym or something like or like hearing them in a car because my friend has like uh, is playing music or something yeah like a lot of like uh actually i remember like around this time last year one of my friends was playing let it go by keisha cole at his house and um i like totally forgot about that song but um that is just like i started playing that song and now that is like one of my go-to like after 1 30 like closing down the night yeah people who have good music tastes are my main source of inspiration these days i don't really know how to find it within myself like sometimes i will go for like months at a time where i won't create anything just because i can't like organically like force creativity in myself but anytime i'm around other people or in other environments i'll be like oh forgot about that i will take it home and do something with it um yeah that was a very convoluted answer to your question Thank you for your answer. And, uh, and yeah, we, we have a, a few um, common inspiration sources. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, come on, crazy in A-Track. <laughs> Let's say, uh, the, um, not say the word God is a bit, you know, overrated for me, but they, they are still really relevant uh, and they have a long career and they are highly skilled seriously and they are protecting the art of djing as well yeah uh, we need more of these people <laughs> yeah 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 that's why yeah this city is really great yeah that's why i love my friends i will constantly be inspired by my friends i will go out i will hear them i will hear new ideas and i'll take i won't like and that's the thing like you don't like bite them you just like you hear song a song b you want to you want to do it yourself later in your own way and that's like totally cool yeah the city is really really creative it just is full of like so many like underrated talented djs who have like so much potential to do more but they're kind of like stuck in their 
own bubble i think because they don't really focus on like the content and just like posting and just like making yourself like a presence like online like the what they feel like once they once they have a residency once they're playing everywhere they've like they've made it like and it's and it's 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 fine if you want to be a boston dj like that's good but like you really need to do more and you need to like have like a presence online in order to make it out of boston um yeah that's what that's what i'm trying to do this year i don't want to i don't want to be stuck here anymore like i want to hopefully maybe come see you in brussels if i i don't know like yeah i come to europe actually like for work sometimes yeah Yeah. that leads to, to the next question, because I, I don't know if it was taped in Boston, but you end up being a DJ in a Hollywood movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I got, uh, Boston is becoming more and more of a film city because oh. there aren't taxes. And um, so the films don't look up. I got a mailing list. I'm on a mailing list for a cast listing site in Boston. And um a friend texted me that listing i texted it to a couple of other people i sent in my info and like a headshot 24 hours later they got back to me and they asked me to film a video and apparently like my roommate at the time she was like oh by that point i knew you got it because it apparently the fact that they hit me like immediately after 24 hours later after that they called me saying i got it i was sent into quarantine for 10 days only able to leave if i had to get COVID tested or get a costume check and um, and each time I would make $500 a day just for sitting in that room doing nothing. And I would make 120 for doing the COVID test, 250 for doing the costume check. And then we would make like a thousand each day for rehearsal and then for the shoot day. And so it, I walked out of there like with like I have actually what I spent my money on exactly was Range 12's S11. And, um, and now I get a residual check. So I bought an S7 when I got my residual check. So yeah, it'll be constantly, anytime I do a new movie, it'll just pay for DJ equipment. And that's just, you know, why not? So, so you do movie regularly now? Not really, I'd have one more. I, I got booked for one more, like right after uh, Don't Look Up aired. Well, not right after. So I got a email in May for a Zendaya movie called Challengers, which is also being filmed in Boston. And that's like a tennis movie. And that's not as like environment. It's not about the environment or like politics or anything. It's just a sports drama. Um, she's basically, she meets these two boys at her 18th birthday party. She ends up dating one of them, but then ends up marrying the other one and enters her husband in a tennis tournament. And clearly the climax of the movie is going to be her and her ex-boyfriend and her husband facing off in the tennis tournament. And that's why it's called Challengers. And we're basically... I'm very happy they cast me for this because if you've ever seen anything with a DJ, you can have Stranger Things, for example. You can point out there's a scene in the most recent season where it's like supposed to be the 1980s and there's like Technics and a Rain 57 and it's like not even plugged in. And like I remember they put it on TikTok and they were like, that's not period appropriate. That's not period appropriate. And so I went through, I actually, yeah, I got a Vestax mixer. Wow. from my mentor who we made up years later because I uh, water under the bridge and I am a working DJ now, but he still uses, one of the primary reasons we had a falling out was the fact that not using Serato in post 2010 DJ world. And you got, you gotta, you gotta move on. If you're, you can still learn on vinyl and that's very, very important. I understand that. Like I would not be who I am if I did not learn on turntables, but you got to use the computer too. You just, you just, you just have to, and the, you, you can't be burning CDs, which is what I was doing. I was spending time burning CDs 
instead of like practicing on like what was actually like important. I love it. I love that man to death. But like that, like I uh, modern technology is very, very important. But what it did, what did end up being useful was his Vestax mixer and his uh, collection of vinyls. So we picked up two crates, two milk crates and a Vestax mixer. And I took my turntables that I already have because they're easily from the 90s. Yeah, we brought them to set. They approved of them. And then we basically, if hopefully if we are on camera, you will see me and my friend Rob. He will hand me a record and I will put the record on the other turntable in the background while they're talking hopefully and we like made it like very very like a brightly colored record we put like earth wind and fire which is like a red album on one and then we had like will smith miami and an, another one which is like bright blue so like you would definitely see the colors if it was like on the screen or even blurred out in the background um so yeah that'll come out august 11th 2023 it's Ooh. called challengers and that's yeah that's a movie with zendaya Quite an interesting start of career. So you've been DJing for three years now, right? Uh, uh, Turntable DJing. So like I've been like mixing stuff uh, with other people's equipment for since 2013. But I haven't really done my own stuff until um, October 2019 was my first gig opening for somebody ever but before it was like bar mitzvah companies like private event companies and working for like an assistant but yeah so three years of scratching and covid and like turntable stuff which is very much who i am that's not the same dj at all like because you remember when those don't rush things were happening like those don't rush challenges i didn't even know how to scratch then like i i like literally could not even there was not a single scratch i could do could maybe baby scratch something in but I did not know how to scratch that. And like, like that's, it's just so funny because like people associate me with like scratching and like tone play and juggling and all those things today. But like during that time, like I literally didn't know how to do any of that. And I really wish I did now. So like, I wish, I hope it comes back and like that, that trend comes back and like the, it can happen again. Cause like I, it, I had no scratch skill at all then. And then my friends taught me how to scratch like uh, Shorty. Uh, yeah. That's uh, oh, one wow. of my main, yeah. She's the, she's, I found her in quarantine the rest is history with her. She's been such a huge help, such a huge mentor. Like the past couple of years, like I've been taking lessons on zoom for every other week for the past two years, three, three years now. And, um, yeah, I've grown, I've grown so much because of her. Yeah. I I owe a lot to her. So she's the best. I mean, she's a great teacher and I heard that she was a lot of, uh, uh, inspiration and uh, the source of a lot of skills of uh, many people. I hope one day I will uh, interview her in this podcast because I really want her to tell us how she made it and how she inspires so many people. Because uh, wow, she's a she's kind of a legend for me. Yeah, she has a she has a great story. Oh. It's funny because we're like we get along because we're really similar. She used to play drums before. I used to play piano before. We used to think like, ah, DJing, that's so easy, blah, blah, blah. And then we both had somebody humble us and like teach us like the art, the real, her, it was her husband, future husband, me, it was my friend Cam. He taught me how to scratch ever since then. Yeah, she is now the person she is today. But yeah, I remember I had a friend um, teach me how to, um, he just looped like a uh, transform, like a scratch sound, like half a beat. And then he said, like, practice cutting, just like, just like with your finger like that. And then once you get that down, then you can start bringing that in. And that is what that's. And then it was like putting hands together on the piano for me. And it was just like off to the races with that. 
And so thank you, Cam. Cutting trick that changed everything for me. Thank you. But yeah, Shorty is um she's she's got a she's got a really great story too. Um so I yeah, hopefully, yeah, one day that'll that's a very good story for everybody to hear. And yeah, she is a big, big part of um, a lot of DJ's um, upbringings because they had like DVDs or something of her like scratching. Yeah, uh, that's. Um, yeah, and she's also putting a lot of uh, free content for people to to have to for some short uh, tutorials and stuff, so people can at least start in uh, in of uh, inspiration to to navigate through scratching and DJing skills. Uh, yeah. So- it's 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 really good. <laughs> oh yeah, so you you got into shorty. Okay, it's it it starts to. I have a better image of you now. <laughs> yeah. So um, you started into tables three years ago now. So did you buy some records, or are you mostly on Serato and enjoying it, or you yeah going to um, record? I have control vinyls right here. I have a phase. Uh, phase was my. I bought phase before I bought needles. I have like scratch vinyls, but I I haven't bought like a collection of actually I take that back. When I went to Berkeley, they had us take turntable technique for our very first class and you had to start on real vinyl, like literally like not even control vinyl, no laptop. Like they taught us how to juggle and they taught us how to do all of that on like real vinyl like everybody had copies of either like a sam uh, like either a disclosure vinyl or a daft punk vinyl and then we were just taught how to do all the things from those records i think it was like stanton turntables or something but now this was to pioneer plx's at the at berkeley um but yeah i i haven't had to use real records since I took classes at Berkeley. Now I just use control vinyl and phase and rain 12s. And even at work, I don't, I don't use, I don't use needles because there's just like so many like variables, bases that like tables that get bumped, like people knocking into your equipment, like, and like, yeah, I haven't, like, I know I, I have to, I have to film a routine for the phone on needles and I know how to do it, but like, it's like why go through the extra obstacles of having a potentially dangerous night at work? Like why not? Like you have the most comfortability with phase. And so yeah, I have been using phase ever since like Corona really started and practicing on phase. And that's made me heavy handed a little bit, but um, I, I, I still have the basics down and that's all that's really important um for like a practical working dj yeah that cares about the culture yeah, yeah because if you unless if you play actual vinyls uh the needles are not that necessary indeed because even in uh, um festival or really big venues just through the rumble yeah. everything is vibrating so you get rumble inside the sound so it's like an infinite loop of bass <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh yeah no the sound is not good so i agree that the um, that phase is uh really really handy when it comes to to gigging so um, especially with uh uh amplification and uh and sound so oh yeah yeah, yeah definitely 
Hmm. So you're not into records, but no worries. That's okay. <laughs> not, not everybody is into it because uh, maybe I thought that you, you were a bit uh, of a digger sometimes, but uh, you dig online. That's perfect too as well. So do you have um, people that, that you can't keep the music from or what's your last let's say, a favorite music you played recently or you discovered and you're like, wow, that song is an absolute banger. Um, I really like that new Skrillex song. I uh, Rumble, there's also a really good remix of Unholy that Troy Boy put out that I like playing at work. It's like, it's just like got that, it's got... It, the essence of the song but just like a little bit more like energy boost to it and like a trap drop and it's like really it's it's uh people 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 dig it um because the little song it's, the uh, the original song just has like it's just like missing something for the dance floor and that's why everybody plays like remixes of it but my favorite of it is the troy boy remix um and yeah that's been most recently like my favorite like yeah I played that yesterday and that's like both like in the car and at work song and very few things like make the cut um in a big crowded room I'll play whatever I want when it's empty but like in a big crowded room like yeah that that one goes off yeah it works well indeed Troy Boy is a a really skilled producer and I don't recall any songs not liking from Troy Boy, actually. Yeah. Some are um, a bit less dense, flurry than the other, but everything is like, wow. I mean, the bass work, the drum work, the sample work, everything is like so well put together. The drops, uh, everything, wow. It's it's really a good word. And uh, I was surprised about uh, Skrillex and his comeback and uh, Flowdown because I love Flowdown from, you know, the, the the drill scene in UK. And then doing this kind of collab, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, again, Skrillex was really um, fresh in his approach of music. You can still hear his, uh, let's say, uh, colors, but yeah, uh, um, it's not like it used to be like in the 2010s, for example, you know, with all the the the, the big uh, bassy sounds it was most putting there at that time. So it's really, really nice indeed. I really like those two songs as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you were saying that if you had to start again, you would start with the turntables, right? Oh yeah, always. Yeah, I anybody who I um who wants to learn how to DJ, I will bring them over to my house and like have them try like mixing on these turntables. Yeah, I I think there's like a little war going on right now online um with a couple of DJs who I will not talk name names because I know them both. And it's basically one side is claiming if you don't use stems, you're going to get left in the dust. And the other side is saying that is a really manipulative thing to say because there's room for everybody online, uh, whether you are a vinyl DJ or a Serato using stems loving DJ, there's room for everyone and that he shouldn't be saying phrases like left in the dust to sell classes. If everybody had the chance to start on turntables and actually took the time to learn like the full-fledged history of it all and like really really deep dived into it 
that would take you from being like I guess, I guess I'll bring it I'll bring it back to like like fighting like you can be a surface level boxer and go in just for the exercise and the rush of it or you can really deep dive into like the whole history of it and like really know all of the different like like different roots and basics of all the basic MMA sports at the like and then become a great fighter and potential like champion but like you can only do so much with the amount of like tools that you are given and if you take the time to have more tools you are going to be able to create so many bigger more impactful things that will like last longer and have longevity you're just going to fall into a more crowd of oversaturated basic people if you don't take the time to learn things right like the reason i am the where place i am today is because like people online will notice that i have like taken the time to like really learn like all of the basics and if you look at my videos from like 2 years back you can see me gradually start to touch the turntables more and more as i learn to scratch and i learn to juggle and i learn to do all of that and i clearly actually like care about the art form and so like you can say that like i my career like shot up because i'm like talented but really it's because people can tell that i like care and i care for the right reasons and i'm not just like doing it as like a social influencer type thing which is very much a thing for some girls and guys not just girls like people call out influencer girl DJs all the time but they're influencer guy DJs everything is a tool and everything can be used but you really should just master the basics and that's why i take everybody here and i don't let them touch stems until i teach them what a key is and what a phrase is and what a beat grid is and um yeah cuz then you can't build a house without the foundation and if you have a proper foundation then you can do what you want with your own house but stems and all of the tech like all of the fancy buttons on the mixer that's like wall accents if anything like that'll just it just makes you stand out individually but you need to have the solid foundation first and i really yeah i i really truly believe that everybody can become it separates the good DJs from the great DJs if they have like the tools to be able to do it and like cuz i can walk into a gig and if i had vinyl set in front of me and provided all of the say it's all mapped out all the cues are there they did the due diligence and put the things i could drop the needle on the record in the right place and bring in the stuff i just don't want to cuz i would rather have a computer it's just like everybody talks about the sync button and they say like oh it's just like oh it makes it too easy uh i i just like i don't it's not real djing blah 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 i like why babysit why slowly waste the time to like gradually get the marker right to 128 bpm not 127.95 not 128.04 but 128 and then that takes away 20 seconds and then doing this a little bit but instead like you can just loop something for four bars before unloop it press sync it's 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 there and it's like it's it's like a it's a time saver it's not like a it's not something that has prevented me from being able to do anything um but that being said i can do both and so it's like yeah this is um 
it's going to be an interesting couple of years as technology advances. And this really is like a game changing moment because not because stems have existed before, but it has never been like so accessible to the point where like it's as easy, it's, it's easily accept, uh, accessible as like pitch play now or like loop roll or anything. And that is what's going to change it is you, everybody will have some sort of buttons in front of them, whether it's on a controller or it's on a mixer and um, when they're using it. And let's be real here. Like anybody who is like into DJing vinyl is very less likely to get booked at a bar in a practical setting. You can post online and you can create content online, but you're not going to create money from like DJing all vinyl today. Like there's just, I'm sorry, there's just no way to turn that into a job, into a way to make money like you can if you have Serato and you have like the ability to have a laptop full of songs that people want and controller in front of you. Um, I mean, for most of people, you're so right, but I mean, there is a few exceptions that for some people I know they are play only records and they are booked only for that because they are known for that. But indeed, you're you're right about that. It's um, only three, five people in the world that they can afford to do that, and they are yeah for that. But most of the people, um, if you only play vinyl only, oh, first of all, it's a hassle to carry around all your records. Um, they have a short lifespan anyway, if you use them a lot. So you have to replace them and it's not always possible. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, disadvantages for for DJs to play with real vinyls. I mean, you know, the big ones, not the 45s, uh, seven inches. I, I, I agree that Serato is like, sometimes you just have to walk on with a, a stick or your computer, maybe the mixer, if you they don't have it, they don't have the right gear at the, the venue, but you can just like walk freely with your just a, a light bag and that's okay you just plug yourself and then you play and you enjoy it so it's another way of djing and to be honest it's um it's a hassle-free djing i'd say for that part but not for the skill part <laughs> mm -hmm. you still have to to master your skills indeed so um just everything you just said was more for your younger self you would have told the the young Kathleen to say like, okay, start with the turntable right now. Don't wait. If I had not known that I would have the future that I would have, then yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Cause, um, it's just like, there are two different Caitlin's this like pre COVID non turntablism only blends Caitlin. I literally would only know how to blend like, and not only that I would only in key blend. I wouldn't even touch out of key like blends if I but like if I had like found the right people and studied turntablism and then had like the month that I had before COVID or even like had the turntablism turntablism knowledge that I did going into Berkeley that would have like that would have significantly like changed like just like what I had to talk about with the people that I like met and like because I remember like going up to my friends going up to like craze and a track and like actually like having stuff to say because they knew who they were and they appreciated them for what they were but I was just going on a like because I was just with my friends and I didn't know anything about them um I think I think I remember like saying something stupid to craze being like oh yeah your your scratching was like 
wild man like i didn't even like and i i was just like bullshitting but if i had seen him now with the like level of knowledge that i do like it would completely like i would have said something completely different like i did see him actually at dj expo two years ago and like it was yeah like i am i was able to appreciate it in a completely different way and understand it in a completely different way so yeah part of me does wish that i had started on turntables back in the pre-covid days of mixing but i also wouldn't have had such a good uh uh ability to like mix seamlessly and read the room if i hadn't done that because um yeah, I was just on a computer and I was just blending from song A to song B. And like that is still important in itself in a working environment. But um, it would have been different and it would have been better in some ways. But I definitely like don't regret it. I think part of the lack of turntablism before and then the complete transformation into a turntablist now is like kind of just like what makes my career like unique. I think there aren't a lot of people who like sprouted during COVID. Um, and so that's like something that I'll like, definitely that it's just something that I like stand out for that. I like to say that I'm a COVID DJ because I wouldn't, I would not be here without COVID. Sometimes, yeah, you know, bad things for most of the people, sometimes they have positive effects on others and uh, you're a perfect example of that. So that's great that you took uh, all the time of uh, quarantine and uh, lockdown to be able to master skills. It's amazing. I mean, a lot of people try new stuff, but they drop out after and you are still going on and going hard. So that's yeah. great. <laughs> and none of us would have had time like Shorty and like Vect, who I also take lessons with, they would have been touring and stuff. And so they wouldn't have had the time to teach me online every two weeks like they do. Um, and so a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is, is the fact that we were all on the same playing field, all at home, all we had was just like stuff that we could do for online. And uh, so yeah, Zoom, the fact that we're talking here right now, I don't think we would have, I don't think we would have talked if it wasn't like for COVID, you know, sure. indirect way. Sure. So Zoom is like a very game changing thing for the next generation as is like, twitch and um yeah just like just i maybe just like the idea of just like posting videos as well because i don't think that like it was i mean i don't know i was i was not even i was a fetus in 2019 but like yeah i just i i, I think it's very much more a thing now for everybody to be like posting like content whether it's like infographic type content or info like videos or it's like dj mixes like i'm just seeing a lot more like content these days which is good um because there's a lot of and that's the only way that's the only way you can set yourself apart like putting yourself out there online because um yeah it's an oversaturated world and we're well it's only getting more saturated by the day it's just like as a commodity it's growing and it i hope that more people will focus on the culture part of it because that is dying and slowly becoming less relevant and it really shouldn't like it really needs to more people need to know like just like that we only had even though like it's a boomer thing to talk about like yeah the fact that people only had like like not even like belt driven turntables and they had like needles and like a 
really much worse quality mixers and only records back in the day and they still were able to do stuff like almost as seamlessly as we are now it just like speaks to the level of skill that has that is required and when people see that and they acknowledge it then it's a lot better for their career because they understand the shoulders of the people they're standing on and um yeah, so I'm just like, any time I have the opportunity to, I'd like, I will tell people about like the past history of it and like focus on like the actual skill part of it instead of just like mixing, uh, mixing records and like effects and stuff. And the fact as well that, um, that a long time ago, but not so long time ago, but quite some time now, people didn't have internet, nor YouTube, nor the tutorials available to everyone for free to learn. So everyone had to go to a friend that had the turntables and the skills to learn them or to go to workshop or I mean in person or to buy some uh, VHS <laughs> to you know to to watch them at home and then to try again and then watch them or listen to scratch tapes and um yeah another another world. <laughs> so now Indeed, when you want to to start to scratch, you can watch like at least a hundred of videos trying to 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 show you how to start to end all the records. So you can find infos on everything now. So there is no way for me, at least, my opinion, that you can't um, at least learn about this history of uh, turntablism, at least because you you have everything on the, the the point of a click so you can have all the infos you want and all the skills you want i mean it does not replace as you said uh, a proper education for example in uh, in berkeley or with great teachers such as vect or shorty of course but um at least to get your hands moving in understand what the the differentiation between the two hands and what does one hand on the, the mixer and the other on the tables you can watch it that online at least on the, the beginning so yeah there is great chances for 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 peeps nowadays that the other ones before like the boomers <laughs> they didn't have so yeah yeah it's really there's so much content you just have to figure out what the correct content is to follow and um yeah, it, I am just very blessed that I was just given like just the correct people or not correct, but yeah, just, just the, the right people that guided me on the right path to like where I am today, um, like gave me the right resources to look up like, um, like half the people in this town, like don't even know who like Rob Swift is like or like who like, but they go to Rigoza's DJ school online and it's like there's a surface level history of culture and you there's like a much broader history of like that you can that you can be a part of and um yeah hopefully this year like people will just become more educated just because like it's the 50th it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and it's like i was at this party at like rock and soul uh over the holidays and it's just like trippy because like so many OG pioneers of hip hop were there. And like, I was like on my phone, like Googling them cause I knew they were important. And like, I like didn't want to like appear like completely ignorant. Um, but like, 
I just also remembered that like the majority of the people that I know, like also probably don't know who any of these people are and like what they've done. And like, I met like, like Keith Shockley at a part at the party and like, he's from public enemy and like the amount of songs that have been sampled because like, or like public enemy. And it's like the, it, like you can trace it back all the way to like the, just these, these average guys that don't have nearly the amount of recognition or like respect that people like on the forefront of hip hop today do. Oh, um, and it's just like, yeah, that's why the DJing community is just like so, such a, such an interesting world. Cause like, we really are like, so like under the surface and like not there, but we're also like the, some of the most like powerful people in the room and like the creators like the roots of it all it like goes all the way back 50 years ago like they were there like before any of this became like a trend that's all right i mean i really like the the way you see uh that we are kind of the ba on the background but without djs or turntablists everything seems kind of flat and i, I don't want you to sound cocky but i think some of great djs are kind of uh, gatekeepers of the knowledge actually of hip hop because they were there, they were a witness of everything that happened, uh, and they are still active in some ways. Um, on the contrary, are some rappers or producers that kind of uh disappeared on the scene or um, you know, just stopped or else in their life. Um, but um, when you have turntables in you 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 are part of history but you don't know it when you live it uh it changes your view of the world i think right oh yeah absolutely yeah because it, you see it and it's a completely different language um the music as a whole is the language and not just songs individually um i think it makes you see it because people will go from just play the right song at the right time but you can bring in the right song. You can bring in the right song at the right time with the right skills and the right like idea of phrasing and all of that. Um, so it really does change just how you view music and how you see music. And it changes the experience for them too. Like I remember like I go from uh, We Will Rock You into Tipsy a lot. And that's actually both a sample play and a pad play, if you whatever you want to call it because um, the, the drums are the same and um, I remember hearing a girl like the other day look up at my hands and be like oh my god she's playing it and like I was like I was like I was actually playing it and she was noticing it stuff like that it really if you are able to do it I really recommend like just taking the risk and like being that creative person because like there are so many people who will just play the same songs and they will go from song A into song B because it works, but they won't ever take that extra risk and play that song that the audience didn't know they wanted to hear and then seamlessly blend into this next song that they did know they want to hear. It really does make a difference on like the staff, on the audience, on the crowd that you have there. Um, like there's a reason like the the bartenders like like me playing there it's like i make it an ex 
experience that's not just like going into work like I'm actually like creative juices flowing in a way that isn't like yeah it's not just like oh you see these crowds of people I'm gonna play this hit song I'm I actually am like how can I make this night for them memorable while also showing that I'm here and like uh actual presence and not just like playing music and it really yeah it really really makes a difference because like yeah having songs go like seamlessly from track a to track b and have it be like one long song is a completely different experience from just hearing hit song into this unrelated hit song into this unrelated start stop talk over the mic um and and that's not even that's a different style of djing like fat man scoop that is a fat like you can be fat man scoop if you want but like the uh, the skills that people haven't really been have been telling me like for years that aren't important like I've had so many people say like people don't give a shit if you like do a fancy tone play into another song like if you do it right and it's actually like properly shown and you're like clean about it like they actually will care but on the flip side of that like I remember one time I tried to do my pad play transition of uh, we will rock you into tipsy and the go-go dancers were on stage and I messed it up really, really badly. And that is one time I will remember. I remember that much more than any other average time when they're not there because like there are other people dancing to my music and the beat was off because I, I messed up. But like when they're drunk in a crowd, they don't actually care and they think it's like oh a glitch with the music. <laughs> but like I have actual human people, sober people, like they're working with me. And so it just like uh, creates more of a uh, necessary, uh, it's more necessary to like be more musical about it. And um, the audience really does notice when the when you do it right, like they they can tell like um, I think a lot of that is because of TikTok. A lot of like mashups and stuff have been on TikTok and stuff. So people are just like their ears are more open to that. Um, And yeah, hopefully, yeah, this DJing culture is going to be uh yeah it's gonna be a very interesting world the next couple of years for me and for everyone but hopefully we can all come to a better agreement on like what is important because it could go either way in the next couple of years we'll see true thank you wow it's really interesting and uh really inspiring everything you say Thank you very much uh, in the name of uh, every listeners of the, the podcast. And um, I would like to ask you one last question. Uh, can you give us everything uh, about your social media, your where you're up to, next gig, stuff like that, so we can follow mm-hmm. you and, uh, and go to see you if we're around, or if not, we can see or listen or tell us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my Instagram is just DJ Caitlin. You just have to spell it right, so dj c-a-i-t-l-i-n tiktok is dj underscore caitlin i'm not really on tiktok much consistently i need to start posting more but that you'll find dog and djing videos instagram is dj caitlin and then yeah those are really the only two socials i use um and then if you're ever in boston i play at lansdowne pub bill's bar and bleacher bar and also at a restaurant called karma 
in Burlington, Massachusetts at a mall and then a, a couple other college bars in Boston. But uh, yeah, hopefully if I am on my game and more consistent, I will post where I am because I need to remember that I'm actually like a DJ and not just like a person who has a career or a hobby of DJing that people just happen to be following. Like I actually need to treat it more like a career this year. So yeah, Lansdowne Street and this this year, that's where I am. I'm at Bleacher Bar on Friday and at Karma in Burlington, Mass on Saturday. And that's ma mainly where you'll catch me. So come to Fenway in Boston if you're ever there. Um, and, uh, also, you can see you on screen. So on the yes. the movie and yeah, the you can watch me in. You can watch me for a split second and don't look up when Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi have a concert scene, and you'll be able to probably shouldn't have even said it but whatever next year hopefully see me in a movie i'm not allowed to say what i did but you can probably guess what it was even though i already talked about what i did in a movie called <laughs> challengers um with zendaya next year and that'll come out uh august 11th 2023 in the u.s so in europe maybe another date but i don't know maybe a little later but who knows it might even i think it'll be in theaters for a little bit and then probably go online like don't look up did True, true, true. Thank you yeah. very much. It was really, really a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, uh, wow, what an interesting yeah. career and path you have already. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. You too. And um, I hope your following podcast about DJs will rise as well. And uh, you have interesting uh, guests and uh, interviews. And um, you can spread the love of uh, DJing and turntablism to the world because we need Yeah, for sure. Need yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much. All right, thank you so much. This podcast is available on Mixcloud, Spotify, Deezer, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Please don't forget to leave a five-star review, show your support. And if you have any questions, you can uh, ask me on Instagram at DJ Superguile, S-U-P-E-R-G-I-E-L. And I really wish you a very nice day, night, and uh, see you next month. Ladies of the turning table. 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 Ladies of the turning tables. Ladies of the turning tables.